the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. True North, on AM 1460 and FM 101.1, The Answer. Saturday mornings at 8 or via podcast anytime. Now, let's get into it with your host, Dirk Hobbs. And good Saturday morning, Southern Colorado. Welcome to True North. I am your host, Dirk Hobbs. It is Saturday, June 3rd, and it's another perfect day in paradise. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Hey, uh, appreciate uh, Ramos Law underwriting our program. And uh, they they are the uh, reason we are here in your ears uh, or in your car with you. This Saturday morning, they uh, help us find these amazing people to talk to that uh, live and work and play among us here in Southern Colorado. So, and today is no exception. I got an amazing guest sitting in front of me. We'll get to her in just a minute. Um, I want to draw your attention towards our September 18th uh, golf tournament. This is in partnership with Colorado Springs Orthopedic Group and my publishing company, North, and Colorado Media Group. Uh, It's called the Ambassadors for Hope golf tournament and this is all the proceeds for this uh tournament are going to go to helping those that are falling out of this horrific human condition that we have in our culture these days uh of human trafficking and so there's an amazing group called reclaiming hope in town and all the proceeds we gather from this golf golf tournament are going to go directly to them and they're going to get these dignity bags and they are basically uh, an individual's first step back into what we might consider a normal life. So uh, hope you can join us. You can check out the golf tournament online. It's ambassadors, plural, for hope, cos.com. Sorry about that. I forgot the cos. So it's ambassadors for hope, cos.com. It is Monday, September 18th, out at the Club at Flying Horse. It's a wise golf course. Excellent. Go play hooky that day. Uh, and you got a great reason to do it. So next up, I want to announce our uh, uh, Southern Colorado Business Forum and Digest. We're going to launch that. This is uh, this is in response to the business community's need for a real business communique, uh, economic development, sector reports, and things like that uh, that we have going on throughout Southern Colorado. So we're one big, big economy down here. And we're going to try to get the businesses and the industries that make us what we are down here, talking to one another, and then all boats rising on a high tide through a really substantive material business conversation, as well as economic development. I've got some great partners, more information on that coming up. Uh, our June edition has just launched, and on the cover, we have none other than Lieutenant General uh Clark, who is an amazing individual, this this gentleman, uh, he had an opportunity to go earn his fourth star at the Pentagon, and he forego that opportunity to uh, come out here where he got a degree at the United States Air Force Academy and uh, serve as the superintendent. So Richard Clark is on the cover. It is a great story. There's some things he's never told others in this article, so you got to check that out. And uh, on June 20th, we were just talking to Chloe earlier, but 
Uh, on June 20th, we got the North Business Forum, and this is uh, just kind of a social for business executives and leaders on the north side of town. We're going to have it at Notes uh, Bar, which is uh, part of that campus up there at uh, Bass Pro. And uh, we're just going to have a, a couple of drinks. Uh, we're going to have some food, and we're going to network among the professional business community on the north side of town. So uh, you can register for that online as well. So check us out. We got a lot going on with Colorado Media Group in North. So uh, stick with us, and um, let's get to our guest. Uh, I had the privilege of telling a story last year about a young lady who was at Discovery Canyon Campus, and uh, I've I've known her parents for quite a while. But uh, I got to know her a little bit, and so did a lot of you through her amazing story in North. Uh, this was from April and May of last year, but she has since moved on from high school, and we're going to catch up with her right now. It's uh, Shreya Krishnan. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for listening to us babble here for a minute. <laughs> but uh, welcome home. Thank you. So where'd you go? I went to the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania in uh, Philadelphia. Yes, yes, yes. That uh, nice school over there. <laughs> yeah. So I hear. Yeah. Yes. Well, congratulations. I know you had a lot of options. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this this was a big deal. This was a big selection for you. You weren't quite ready to pick when mm -hmm. we last left you uh, last fall or last spring in North. But um, you've since picked the college. And executive summary, how, how did the first year go? <laughs> the first year... <laughs> has been absolutely fantastic. I think many people have told me before committing to a college that their time in college was the best time of their life. Mm -hmm. And so when picking a school, I was very, very intentional about choosing a college that would be a good fit for me. And like you said, my top five choices were Duke, Northwestern, Rice, Vanderbilt, and the University of Pennsylvania. Very good. And I had also received the Betcher Scholarship, which would allow me to get a full-ride scholarship to any of the Colorado schools. Mm -hmm. But at the end, I just felt that the Wharton School of Business would be the best fit for me. And I'm very, very happy with that decision. Not surprised at all. <laughs> well, congratulations. But, uh, well, let's orient the folks who are listening in because they can't see you. But uh, tell us a little bit about you and your origin story. Well, I was born in Michigan mm -hmm. and I moved to Colorado Springs when I was five years old. And I still remember my parents telling me the story about why they wanted to move to Colorado Springs, because an important factor when moving was how they wanted to raise me and where they wanted to raise me. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to make sure that there were good schools with lots of sports and performing arts opportunities to ensure that I would have a well-rounded education and just a well-rounded individual overall. Mm -hmm. And I remember that we took a road trip around the entire country <laughs> and ended up choosing Colorado Springs. And I'm so happy that they chose this city to raise me. I've grown up here mm -hmm. and I've created so many memories. And I, it, we had visited in March and I was just four years old and there was a big blizzard and the D20 admin came in and they drove through those conditions and they talked with my parents. And I still remember visiting Discovery Canyon campus for the very first time. Mm -hmm. I was just four years old, but I walked in and the murals just stood out to me. And I remember seeing the colorful walls and the mm -hmm. colorful floors. And the person that was talking to us explained that as you go from color to color, it's transitioning from the different landscapes. So it was the tundra and then the desert and then the jungle. That's very cool. And my four-year-old brain was mesmerized by this. <laughs> and I was excited to join the school. 
And I'm so happy that my parents ended up choosing Discovery Canyon campus. I think one of the very special things about DCC is the amazing community that it builds. Mm -hmm. And being a K through 12 school, I think that transition from elementary to middle and middle to high school is very easy because you're able to interact with students from so many different grades, all the teachers from the different grades. And I think that definitely helped me thrive in Mm -hmm. that environment and influenced me in a positive way. I've studied there since. So you liked it. You liked you liked the big campus feel. I did. Now, when you first started, there probably wasn't a high school or much of one at that time, was there? I think the high school had just started. Okay. And I think a few years before I graduated was the first full graduating class from kindergarten through right. uh, 12th grade. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, keep us going. So you, yeah. you're seeing these murals, yeah. murals, you're mesmerized. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what... Where did you really latch on? I mean, have, have you always had a creative brain like that? I mean... Or an artistic brain, they would say. Is that how you kind of see the world? I think so. I think both my parents are artistic in many different ways. And so mm-hmm. I think growing up, I've been exposed to arts in so many different ways. And that's always been a passion of mine. And music specifically has been one of my biggest passions in my life. Indeed. And starting at age three, my mom taught me Indian classical dance and music. And I remember all the other students would call her Miss Krithika. And I was three, so I called her Miss Mommy because that's what I thought (laughs) I should. Yeah, she's my mom. (laughs) So I would call her Miss Mommy. Mm -hmm. But performing arts is definitely being an has been an integral part of my life. And coming to Colorado, one of the first things that I did was join the Colorado Springs Conservatory. So that was that something that you sought after or something that found you? Which one? I think it found me a little bit. And Mm -hmm. definitely I have to thank my mom for that because I think she saw that spark inside of me and wanted to make sure that I had an outlet to continue to grow and to continue to learn. And so then she enrolled me at age six. And that has definitely been like my second home. And that's when you met Miss Linda. That is when I met Miss Linda. I know you just had her on last week. I did. And um, I have so many memories of her. I, I remember the first time that I met her. I was six and I had I held my mom's hand. We walked in and, you know, right before I met her, my mom told me we're going to meet the director of the conservatory. So, you know, I was imagining a super like professional. She's going to be very serious. <laughs> and I came in and Miss Linda is, of course, very professional. Yeah. But she came in and the first thing that she asked was, Shreya, I'm considering buying a pet gecko. What do you think? Should I buy this? <laughs> That's Linda for you. <laughs> totally off topic <laughs> just to get you comfortable. Yeah. And, it's and a beautiful it, thing. it definitely worked. And I, I think I told yes, you should buy the gecko. But she held my hand and she walked me through the conservatory and, you know, seeing those walls that I would end up spending so much time in, in the next few years learning and growing. I learned so much from there. I learned piano, mm-hmm. violin, guitar, music theory, oral skills. And I even started competing in the Royal Conservatory exams in piano, violin and guitar and voice. Mm-hmm. And, um, Actually, I, I took those exams for nine years and I ended up getting a national gold medal for receiving the highest scores in the country through that. That's extraordinary. Trail. Thank you. <laughs> so how did you real quick, how did you balance <laughs> academics and this? Because <laughs> for some, that would be all consuming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or either or both. Yeah. It would be, you know, overwhelming for <laughs> some. So what was your mechanism for balancing all that? I think... Uh, growing up in an IB school because DCC is an IB school and it starts that curriculum from kindergarten all the way through high school. 
I think that definitely teaches you how to be able to balance everything because you're taking so many different classes. And even in DCC, I was taking music classes and I would participate in musicals at my own school. And so I think being able to do that from a young age really helped me. And I think because I was so passionate about my performing arts as well as my academics, it didn't seem like it was taxing or stressful. It was it was more fun and exciting. And I wanted to do those things. So I wanted to devote my 110 percent to everything that I was doing. And clearly you did. <laughs> so where did choir come in? Well, Real I. Quick. Yes, choir. Well, I. I had been doing performing arts through my school. I was in all the plays and everything, and that led me to want to audition for more honor choirs. And so I auditioned for regional, state, national, and international honor choirs. Mm -hmm. And I have been able to work with so many amazing people throughout the country. And that led me, all these honor choirs led me to audition to sing at Carnegie Hall. And I was selected. There were thousands of people that had auditioned throughout the world. Mm-hmm. With only. Yep. I, I got to cut you off okay. there because we got to go to commercial break. Okay, but okay. Uh, I want to pick up where we left off with Carnegie Hall because yes. that probably picked up some attention out there. So yeah. we're back with Shreya Krishnan in just a minute. I got a nightmare phone call that no parent wants to receive. Someone hit me going 60 miles an hour. Dr. Ramos uh, came highly recommended. When I showed him the x-rays, he immediately knew exactly what was wrong. We've had a tremendous experience with Ramos Law. Really, I could not be happier. Having the car accident was an accident. Finding Ramos Law was no accident. Injured in a car accident? Ramos Law can help. RamosLaw.com. Okay, we're back. Welcome to True North. You're listening to uh, AM 1460 and 101.1 FM Salem Media. Uh, Glad you're here. And we are with Shreya Krishnan, uh, student and musician extraordinaire. (laughs) Uh, But we are going to uh, pick up where we left off because we we left off at a a very important juncture. (laughs) So she had mentioned an extraordinary place that I know you all have heard of, uh, but she was invited there. At a very young age. Carnegie Hall. Let's pick up where we left off there. Yeah. I think we were just talking about what provoked me to want to audition for that. And I think growing up in that IB school, I had learned to take risks at such a young age. And I think knowing that I'm not always going to get what I wanted or to audition for a role and I may not get that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I may fall short at times, but growing from that and using that trait of a risk and employing that trait and growing. And so my school had a great performing arts program. And so my teacher had casted me. This is my very first musical that I did. I was in third grade. And I remember that the description of my role said the meanest and the toughest pirate. <laughs> and I remember I was very nervous about memorizing my 32 lines. Can you be mean? <laughs> I think if I put my mind to it, I can definitely portray that. But I, uh, I remember. I think all my friends and family knew the full script by the end of it because I had rehearsed with them. Of course. And I think though, taking that risk and putting my full self into that really showed me that if I take those risks, I may not even know what comes out of it. And so that really motivated me when it came time years later to audition to sing at Carnegie Hall, and thousands of people around the world had auditioned, and they select a hundred people. And that was the very first time that I sang. And it was such an amazing experience. I had learned the conductor was a Grammy Award winner, Jeffrey Redding. And he had told me, I still remember this. He said, sing to inspire, not to impress. Interesting. 
Yeah. Interesting discernment. And that stuck with you. <laughs> that did. And I, and I still take that with me wherever I go. I think that not only applies to singing, but whatever you do in life, you should do it to inspire, not to impress. So when you're walking out, mm-hmm. do you remember those moments? Onto the stage? Mm-hmm. I do. I remember. I remember the audience, the packed audience, and just looking up and seeing the beautiful, the stage and the background was white and there was gold lining around everything. And all I could think about was such the rich history of Carnegie Hall and the amazing people that have performed there before. Yeah. And to be able to step foot on this stage and know that I was about to be part of that history yeah. was such an amazing feeling. And I was so grateful. And that is extraordinary because, I mean, most people, even experienced musicians would go out there and you know they're they're in their head they're trying to figure out what's what's going on what's Mm -hmm. left what's right who's out there (laughs) and a little bit of panic might even set in right i mean it's pretty normal to be nervous Mm -hmm. to perform in front of so so many people Mm -hmm. especially on that stage but your mind is Mm -hmm. consumed with more of the history of the place and the moment that you're in yeah and that didn't take you over. So where where does your mind go? Where does your spirit go mm-hmm. when you start, okay, it's my moment. Let's go. Yeah. I think something that my parents have always taught me growing up is to live in the moment. And that is a quote that I take with me wherever I go. Of course. And I think performing has become such a therapeutic thing for me that whenever I'm about to perform, whether it's in a musical or on stage at Carnegie Hall or wherever it may be, I I have a normal amount of nerves before. I definitely, I think that nervousness helps me. Sure. But I think really living in the moment and being so present with that performance because I'm so grateful for these opportunities that I've been given. And some of these were once in a lifetime opportunities of so being able to take in each and every second that I'm performing. I really, really try to make sure that I'm doing that. Do you love being there at that moment? I do. I yeah. do. I think there's just something that happens within me that I'm just transported to another place. And I, from the bottom of my heart, just love to be there. See, I can, I, I'm picking that up <laughs> even here in the studio. And this is, this is a tiny little place, <laughs> but being out there and just, just soaking in that moment at such a young age, mm-hmm. that's an extraordinary blessing. Yeah. So how do you reconcile that um, now that you're getting older? Cause that, mm-hmm. what version of that was you seven, eight years old? What, what the, the play I well my first musical I was eight okay and then in Carnegie Hall I was 14 the first time That's pretty young I, yeah <laughs> I was 14 years old and then I, I performed last year as a 17 year old and this year was my third time as an 18 year old so this place is becoming commonplace <laughs> no <laughs> every time I still just I my jaw just drops to the floor just yeah, entering the stage and seeing every time <laughs> so does it change does it feel different Every time does feel a little bit different because I think I've grown as a person and as a musician and I what I know about the world and about myself is a little bit different every time. And so the performance feels different every time and I enjoy it equally. You know, when I used to play, I used to play professional tennis and Mm -hmm. when I would compete with different athletes, Mm -hmm. you could tell who loved to be on the court Mm -hmm. and who was working for a living. Yeah. You know, and it sounds to me like. You are, th- this is your calling, yeah. you know, or certainly one of many. Yes. <laughs> and your comfort zone is right there. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think it's also pushed me out of my comfort zone, but it's definitely something that I, I find in my heart that brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. <laughs> so you made the hard decision. We'll switch gears here to yeah. your collegiate life yes. uh, for a minute. And you went up to the Wharton School of Business mm-hmm. at the University of Pennsylvania. Great school. Amazing school. <laughs> business school in particular. So, um, 
First of all, what was the deciding factor? Because that roster of schools you listed, Duke and, and so forth and Bandy, I mean, these are not uh, – these are not slouch schools, right? I mean, these are top of the, top of the heap. Mm-hmm. And so what was some of the deciding factors that said, okay, Wharton's for me? I think the biggest thing when I was visiting all the schools that I really looked for was the community because something that is really important to me is relationship building. Okay. I truly value relationships. Mm-hmm. And I remember going onto campus, walking down Locust Walk, and I saw everyone walking with their friends. And I, I could imagine myself on Locust Walk, running from rehearsal, going to class. And I could imagine myself being happy, even though it's definitely going to be challenging. It's going to be rigorous. Mm -hmm. But I know that I will find communities. I will find the things that make me happy. And then looking into the curriculum and growing up, seeing the creative and strategic side of marketing that I love and seeing all the amazing courses and opportunities that I'd be afforded at Wharton was something that really stood out to me. And from a young age, I've definitely shown a passion and a liking towards that. And so Mm -hmm. I could tell that this would be a good fit for me. So is this a quantum leap from where you were academically? Obviously, I mean, it's DCC to Wharton, Mm -hmm. but were you surprised at all at the level of jump that you had to make in order to get on board mm-hmm. yeah. and set your sights on accomplishing what you did this first year? I think the IB curriculum definitely prepared me well. And the training that I had learned from my high school, all the experiences and the taking the risks definitely prepared me well for the challenging and the rigorous curriculum and learning from these professors who are the subject matter experts Correct. Yeah. Yeah, in this school. Okay. So um, we got a few minutes here. Mm-hmm. So Tell us a little bit more how how you prepared yourself. Like when mom and dad are gone now, the car's, yeah. the car's driving away, <laughs> you're up there at Wharton by yourself. What did those first few weeks look like for you? Well, the first thing when I got on campus was that I wanted to join an acapella group. Because I remember back to music. Yes, back to music. <laughs> I remember before even applying to college, I knew that one of the things that I wanted to do was join an acapella group. And so I immediately went to the club fair and I signed up for auditions. Had a brutal week of auditions, four rounds. Brutal. Brutal week. Okay. But it was an extremely fun week. Competition's a little deeper there, isn't it? It, it is. It's <laughs> very, very competitive. And it's actually rumored that Pitch Perfect because Elizabeth Banks went uh-huh. to the University of Pennsylvania uh-huh. and she's the producer of the movies Pitch Perfect. Okay. And it's rumored that the movies were based off of the University of Pennsylvania acapella scene. So you had a little taste of I cinematic history there. I did. Wow. But I so you did okay. I did okay. I got I got into my top choice counterparts acapella and that has been one of the biggest blessings in my life. Such a great community that I found in my first year of college. Mm-hmm. We're a pop and jazz group. John Legend was actually one of our alumni. And we have performed at so many amazing places just in this first year, the Phillies playoff game. We sang the national anthem. We've sung for the president of our of our school. We've sang for the governor of Pennsylvania. And it's just been so fantastic being able to find this community. We just went on tour to New Orleans, the birthplace of jazz. Mm -hmm. And I was elected the business manager as a freshman. And so there's a shocker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I have been in charge of handling all our gigs and all our performances. And I was the one who organized our tour and our show. We also just recorded an album two weeks ago. I was featured as a soloist and that will be coming out in a few months on multiple streaming platforms. So you should be sure to check that out when that comes out. So where do you find it? You know, like Apple? Yes, it'll be on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, multiple places. And what do you look up? 
you can look up pen counterparts and after we come up with the name of our album you can look that up as well okay yeah. well, well keep the folks posted on that will do so uh, you've got <laughs> this is amazing so you've found basically you've recreated your environment from here at home mm-hmm. okay uh, minus mom and dad they're they're, they're <laughs> pining for you to come home, right? <laughs> but uh, you've got your academic world in sight and you've yeah. got your musical world in sight mm-hmm. and relationships are forming, I take it. Yeah. Yes. And I also joined Wharton Council, which was another great community because I had the performing arts side of it through my acapella group. But then joining Wharton Council, I was selected as one of eight freshmen from the Wharton School of Business. And as Wharton Council, our mission is to foster a more complete co-curricular experience for the Wharton undergraduate community as a whole. And I was elected the deputy finance chair, which has been a very interesting um, position, but I've really enjoyed helping clubs fund their operations and to fulfill their contingency requests. Absolutely. And real quick on the Wharton marketing undergraduate club. Yes. I (laughs) have loved being part of that because we get to work with actual clients and help them with their marketing needs. Active clients. Active clients. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yes. Any big big names you can drop there or... Not yet. Um, not yet, maybe. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll be back with uh, Shreya Krishnan. Uh, as you can tell, she's had an extraordinary journey uh, all the way through DCC here in Colorado Springs uh, through what she credits to be some of her great origins uh, here towards her music career as well as her academic career. Uh, great, great conversation. Stay tuned for the second half with Shreya Krishnan. Back in a minute. The news and events that matter to you. AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer. All right, we're going to take a quick pause here. We're going to check in with Kay Goodell over at the Rocky Mountain Vibes. Hey, I went out to that uh, inaugural game uh, opening day, and I had a blast. Uh, There were fireworks. It was so much fun. Hey, Kay, what's going on out there this coming week out at the uh, UC Health Park? Yeah, it's going. The team's on the road right now, but we come back on June 6th for our first full homestand. So I'll, I'll run through it real quick. <laughs> Tuesday, we've got Dollar Hot Dogs. Wednesday, those everyone's favorite $2 tickets are back. Thursday is our first military night of the season. So free tickets to all service members. Just show your ID at the box office. There's also going to be drink specials as part of a little Thirsty Thursday combination there. And then our first firework, firework Friday of the season will be coming back. And then Saturday is going to be a little crazy. We have it. The theme is Jurassic Jungle, and you get the chance to camp out on the field after the game. <laughs> so there'll be a post-game camp out there as well. And then Sunday, also jam-packed as well for Kids Day. It's going to be a pre-game catch, so gates will open early. And then post-game, there's going to be base running. I can't wait. You know, it's so much fun out there. And, boy, you guys had a great Sunday, too, uh, after opening day. That was a perfect baseball day. Uh, how, how's attendance out there looking? It's been great. I mean, we were at capacity for, for opening night, and Sunday was one of our highest attended games um, based on past Sundays. So it's it's huge. It's really fun to have everyone out. We jam-pack kind of a lot of fun things happening into every game. So it's always different, and it's always exciting. Always appreciate you calling in. Uh, real quick, tell folks how they can grab a day ticket or season tickets. Yeah, you can check out vibesbaseball.com, head to the box office, or give us a call. Certainly appreciate you, Casey, out at the field. We'll see ya. Thank you. Bye. All right, we're back here in the third quarter here with Shreya Krishnan. Uh, we have come from DCC, from a four-year-old mind, <laughs> walking into the corridors of a beautiful school. Uh, and now we're in the corridors of Wharton 
School of Business at mm-hmm. the University of Pennsylvania, and we're kind of finding our way. Yeah. So pick up where, from where we left off. Uh, you, you're starting to make some friends out there, mm-hmm. and you, you like your roommate? I do. I love her. We have just gotten along so well. I think she's one of my best friends now in my life. We've already That's talked terrific. about our future plans after college. I've been very fortunate enough to have a fantastic roommate and a great group of friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to continue to grow those friendships and make many, many more. Absolutely. Well, tell us about the college experience in general. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, folks out there who kind of wonder you know, is the college experience for me? Mm -hmm. Certainly it was. You were wired to do this. Mm -hmm. And you as a student have gone in there with a very serious mentality. Uh, You want to accomplish certain things. Mm -hmm. Is it all on the student to come in with that mindset? Um, Or do you meet the university kind of halfway uh, in creating an exceptional college experience? Because right now, we, you know, we live in this culture of entitlement, right? Mm-hmm. I am here now, serve me, right? Well, it doesn't work that way. And so you came with a very different posture. You're like, okay, I'm here and I am going to search and find my way through here and find the things that I want to accomplish here. Mm-hmm. Is that fair as in terms of how you approached it or what do you recommend? I think that coming into college, I definitely had and still have goals, mm-hmm. but I – want to achieve. And I definitely have an idea of my interests and where my life may lead me. But I do think that coming to the college, they also showed me so many opportunities that I didn't even know existed. And I think with the help of my peers, with counselors, with my mentors, I've been able to find a mixture of letting them know this is what I want. How can you show me what's even more available? Or maybe there's something that I wasn't even considering before that now I'm really excited to try out. And so I think it's a little bit of everything. Okay. So and have you been able to stay out of kind of the political mess that's going on yeah. on the campus? I mean, yes. do you see it? Probably less so at a place like Warden. Yeah. Right. I think I've been very fortunate enough to not really be involved in any of that. Okay. And that's refreshing because, you know, there's this stigma that college has just kind of become a free for all, mm-hmm. you know, almost at any level. And it's really not. I mean, you, you kind of have to go in there wired to say, I, I, I'm paying for this. I, I want to accomplish something here. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you did. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you've got a lot of community projects that you started here. Mm-hmm. Anti-bullying is a huge thing for you yes. and suicide prevention. Yeah. Uh, Pretty significant change of gears here, but it's yeah. it's it's a heart passion for you. It is. And, uh, well, first of all, start as to where that became a passion for you and your yeah. awareness of it. Mm-hmm. And then what are you doing about it today? I think giving back to my community has definitely shaped who I am today and is a big part of who I am. And it started set from such a young age in elementary school because I worked with special needs kids and taught them Indian dance. And I still remember there was this one young woman who was confined to a wheelchair. And I came up with a dance that she could do from start to finish, even within her wheelchair. And wow. I, yeah. <laughs> That's extraordinary. And I remember her giving me a hug at the end, and that just triggered something within me at such a young age. Yeah. And so, like I had said before, I joined the conservatory, and I had joined joined their suicide prevention campaign. And I played the role of Jack in Jack, a moral musical, and we performed this show for over 10,000 school children. 
And we use performing arts as such a unique medium to talk about such a heavy and sensitive topic, such as anti-bullying and suicide prevention. And I think the singing and the dancing and such creative things that we would do would talk about this topic when they wouldn't even know that we were talking about it to them. And then at the end of the show, we would have a session. And as a spokesperson, I would talk to them and ask them, have you ever been bullied? And when I saw that nearly 85% of the audience would raise their hands that they had ever been bullied or cyberbullied, wow. I know I was just shocked. And it was heartbreaking to see these young children already saying that they had been bullied or seen bullying. Mm -hmm. And so I began compiling different resources of mental health centers. And I'd like to and I'd speak to these children after they'd come on to me one on one. And I talked to them about building self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And so I presented to the county commissioners, the city council members advocating for these different suicide prevention programs and these grants, which led the conservatory helping thousands of students. And this was such a passionate topic of mine. And I think now more than ever, mental health and this topic has become more accessible to students and to people and the stigmas surrounding the depression or high stress or being bullied or reaching out for help is something that people are more willingly open to talk about. And so I was the Colorado State DECA publicity director last year. And so for our 101010 initiative, we partnered with Mental Health Colorado. And I spearheaded an Instagram takeover with Olympians to talk about why mental health is important for them. And we raised over $11,000 to support this organization. So the cloud is really lifting on the whole discussion yeah. of mental health. Yes. And uh, I, I, I love it. Mm -hmm. um, now, have, had you ever experienced any bullying yourself? I had not personally experienced bullying, but mm -hmm. many of my friends had, and they would come and confide in me. Okay. And so seeing that firsthand was really, really heartbreaking, but it really motivated me to want to make a difference somehow. And then in the cyber community, yeah. I mean, it's really deceptive. It is. And it is. scary and manipulative. Yeah. Do you see that as even as a young person? You Do you separate yourself from mm -hmm. the social media aspect of yes. life? Yes. And and has has that been a detriment to you in terms of your social life or anything else? Personally, I have not found that because I do I do want to separate myself from that. And yeah. I think seeing those firsthand negative effects has really made sure to do so. But because so many of my friends and peers have been affected by that, that's why I want to find resources and ways to help them and techniques to help them increase their self-esteem yeah. because seeing those negative effects are just truly heartbreaking. Well, and I want people to hear that because, you know, the first excuse you get, at least from my girls, is, yeah. well, that's the way we keep in touch with everybody. Yeah. You know, we're still shutting it down. We're still the bad guys. Right. <laughs> but you chose it. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it was just, was it instinctive to you? I, I just don't want to do that or I don't have time. I mean, or yeah. a combination of all of it. What was it? I think I was intentional because I, I had seen that from my friends and I didn't want to witness that and be part of that. Like you had said before, like intentional to say, I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't hurt your social life. No, I, I found other ways to communicate <laughs> and to, you know, Imagine interact that. with my friends and to have fun with them. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. personal visit. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. See, my girls, they can't get away with it anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, um, tell us a little bit more about mm -hmm. the, this these programs, because yes. I know you were at DCC when mm -hmm. DCC had a season of, of just we a did. lot of lives lost. Yeah. So walk us through that season. Yeah, that was a... 
that was a very, very hard time. I think everyone felt that. And especially having that at such a young age was definitely hard. And I, I saw that it took a toll on our community as a whole. But I think these things that I had stated before and all this work, I think, led me to the Tyler Clementi Foundation. Mm-hmm. And that is where I learned about how to talk to the youth about this heavy topic and to give them resources and learning about what an upstander means rather than being a bystander when you actually intervene. Because studies show that when a bystander intervenes and becomes an upstander, bullying stops in 10 seconds over half over half of the cases. And so taking these resources that I learned as a youth ambassador for the Tyler Clementi Foundation and taking them to my school and taking them to my different communities and showing them that there are other ways, there are other resources. I I did a lot of work with this. And through that work, I, I was so humbled to receive the President's Volunteer Gold Service Award, the Community Trustees Award, a Coca Cola scholarship. And These are just so many passions that I have. So as a youth, Mm -hmm. do you think that conveyance from you as somebody of their age group made a huge difference? I definitely think so, because I think sometimes when you hear that from an adult, you know, students are more likely to just blow it off because they're thinking, oh, it's just another lesson. But hearing it from a peer that could understand what you're going through, maybe the peer has been bullied or maybe they're they've lost a friend to suicide. But hearing that, I think you're more receptive, which is why I think like the show, people were more receptive to hear that. Now, are you seeing that tension at school, at the university? Yeah. I think it's definitely still there. I think as you grow up, it still continues to happen. Mm -hmm. But I think still being able to give these resources to help and to talk about these heavy topics and removing those stigmas is definitely helping and coming about. Well, we're going to wrap things up here in the fourth quarter coming up. But we're with Shreya Krishnan, who has, uh, if you've listened to even one of the three quarters so far, you have picked up on an extraordinary young woman whose passions are, are multiple uh, but her heart is huge for people that have experienced uh, bullying or, or have experienced some um, mental health issues. And uh, she is right there on the forefront of that uh, from a philanthropic standpoint as well as from a relational standpoint. I really appreciate that in you. And I know our listeners will too. So we're back in a minute with Shreya Krishna. One critical fact that needs to be established is that your injuries were caused by the accident incident you were involved in. For your case to have merit, it must be made clear that had you not been in the crash in the first place, you wouldn't have been hurt. This is one of the most important steps in the entire process, and leaving it to anyone but an expert is a serious mistake. Ramos Law, doctor, lawyer, partner, combining medical and legal knowledge for better outcomes for you. Okay, in addition to the Rocky Mountain vibe this weekend, we've got amazing stuff always happening on the north side. Uh, I'm with Chloe Heft, uh, Director of Marketing and Communications up there at Notes Live. We're going to talk about Boot Barn Hall and Notes. Hey, Chloe, what's going on up there this week? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks so much for having me. I'm super, super excited to be on and telling you all the things that we have going on at Notes Live Properties. So, again, uh, I'm Chloe Heft. I'm with Notes Live. We are the parent brand to world-class hospitality and entertainment brands such as Boot Barn Hall, Bourbon Brothers, Smokehouse and Tavern, Notes Bar, um, newly announced Rock Seafood and Chop House, and the highly anticipated Sunset Amphitheater. So lots going on at Notes Live. Um, this coming weekend is going to be super hot at, at 
Boo Barn Hall. We have patio sessions that have started up this month. <coughs> Excuse me. Every Wednesday is going to be live music from the patio overlooking Pikes Peak. Get some food, get some grub. It's free shows out on the patio. It's beautiful. Um, oh, yeah. Tonight we have the Collective Group, which is a groove and funk band, the hottest one in Colorado Springs. So definitely recommend getting those tickets. Absolutely. Hey, how's the? Uh, I know you guys are doing a groundbreaking soon up there for the big Sunset Amphitheater. I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. Sunset Amphitheater is coming along nice, nicely. You know, Target Date is still touring season 2024, so we're we're really getting excited. The um, they're they're pushing dirt, that's for sure. <laughs> they are pushing dirt. Well, folks, check out uh, Notes Live and uh, all the activities we got up here. We got Bourbon Brothers. Uh, Smokehouse and Tavern, we've got Boot Barn Hall, and we've got Notes Bar. This is a great hangout up on the north side of town. Chloe, thanks for calling in. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. We'll see, see you guys next week. See you guys next week. All right, we're back with Shreya Krishnan here on True North. Thanks for listening, folks. We're going to jump right back in here because we got a lot to cover. Uh, if you were listening to the last quarter, we were talking uh, about the season that uh, we experienced up here on the north side of Colorado Springs several years ago uh, when a lot of students just happened to fall by the wayside. And um, that was just simply unacceptable to you, uh, Shreya. Mm -hmm. And uh, many, obviously, you weren't the only one, but certainly you dove in Mm -hmm. and um, put your heart around these people and uh, kind of what was going on up there. But that really impacted you. Mm -hmm. Is there a local resource or or a general resource people can start when they're just not feeling right mm-hmm. yeah i think there's so many but nami is a great one that i've worked with before and they give so many great resources and it's n-a-m-i but definitely i would suggest if anyone is having any troubles or anything to definitely reach out to them you never know what just a simple call or oh, an absolutely. email could do yeah or even a simple call to a friend yeah right mm-hmm. i mean start small yeah because uh, sometimes calling into those services can be a little intimidating yeah right so well um we're back at wharton now so let's <laughs> let's shift gears back over into there um and i i really do appreciate all of your your work there um because you experienced uh, this this philanthropic angle in your life here in Colorado Springs, you've kind of carried that with you mm-hmm. over into your collegiate life. Yeah. And uh, how is that shaping for you? I mean, what does that look like specifically? About my work in Wharton. At, at Wharton and, and just your, your general, you know, w- when you're watching people and building relationships with them, are you kind of attuned to some of the cues that they might need some help or mm-hmm. they're stressed or they're strung out? Yeah, I think definitely after years of work, I am able to pick up on the signs a little bit more often. Sometimes you may need to dig a little bit of deeper, oh, sure. but I think being that resource for my friends and for my peers and letting them know that I'm there for them. And I think so many of them have already reached out to me, whether, like you said, it's just a simple text or a call and knowing that I'm there for them. I do try to continue that even at Wharton and in my community and the Philadelphia community as a whole. Do you like Philadelphia? I do. I like Philadelphia a lot. It's such a historic city where the Declaration of Independence (laughs) was written and signed. The first American flag was sewn. Very different than Colorado Springs, but I I like it. It's very green. (laughs) It's very green. (laughs) Yes, the East Coast tends to be more of a canopy. Very lush. Here you can see forever. Uh, But there, yeah, you're kind of down in the streets. Well, so as 
some some might say, you know, you're you're a hyperachiever, <laughs> right? Is that a fair assessment? I mean, you are really driven. Mm-hmm. You're very focused. You're mm-hmm. very poised. Um, how do you recharge your battery, Shreya? Because you're not immune to all this stuff either. <laughs> yes. Well, freshman year was very, very fun, but definitely challenging and rigorous. So I definitely do want to refuel this summer. I love to bake. I love the precision of it all. And I love, I also love experimenting though, trying new recipes. So I'll definitely be baking. I also love to paint. Now, if memory serves, you yes. invented something for the kitchen, right? I I can't not quite invented, but I, I tried a recipe: <laughs> apple crisp cheesecakes. Yeah. Definitely my specialty, mm-hmm. and um, I'll definitely be making that this summer. Awesome! <laughs> I want some. Okay. <laughs> I um, I'll also be painting a lot. I love to paint, yeah. specifically mm-hmm. silhouettes, and I think I'll be going for lots of bike rides, taking walks during sunset with my family. I'll be spending lots of time with my cousins and family this summer. And then at the end, I will be going to Australia because I will be singing at the Sydney Opera House. That is extraordinary. What <laughs> Thank now? You. How did that come about? I competed in another competition, and they selected fifty people, mm-hmm. and I was chosen as one of them. And I'm so excited to go and sing there. I am also getting certified in scuba diving, so I can go scuba <laughs> diving in the Great Barrier Reef. And you know the rules about airplanes and, yeah. and scuba. Okay. Yes, that will be. Good checking that off my bucket list. That is awesome. So the Great Barrier Reef, Mm -hmm. the first time over there for you? I had gone to Australia when I was very, very, very young, but I don't remember it. So this is my first time. This is basically your first time. Yes. But I do remember when I had gone, there was a picture of me leaning against the Sydney Opera House. And I think I told my mom that one day I will sink here. Come on. Full circle moment. Seriously? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. That's extraordinary. So what are you singing or do you know yet? I have, they've not released the repertoire yet, but it'll be a long list. So who's in your mind as you're bringing that experience to Sydney? Linda Weiss, mom, dad? Probably my five-year-old self that I, when I visited Australia the first time, because from the little girl that had gone to Australia and just seen this beautiful big structure that looked like big white waves and to now come back. 15 years later, and to be able to sing in such a historic place is probably that little girl that I'm taking with me. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so what else this summer before you go back in the fall? I think spending time with my friends as well. Mm-hmm. And um, You keep in touch with folks from DCC here? I do, I do. I've yeah. been connecting with all of my friends throughout the year, and I've already seen some friends as I've come back for the summer, awesome. which has been really, really fun to catch up with them. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely what my parents have taught me living in the moment and another quote that I love, be fearlessly authentic, is something that I will be taking with me throughout the summer before I start my sophomore year back at Wharton. And where do you draw your strength from? What is that, that nucleus of you when you need to be centered? Where do you come? That family? There's spiritual life? What, what does it look like? I think... Music? Art? I think it's a mixture of a few things. I think mm-hmm. it it sometimes is just sitting down at the piano and playing music and just being with myself. I think sometimes it's cuddling with my cousins and and watching a show or sitting with my mom and watching Blue Bloods, whatever it may be. <laughs> Blue Bloods, right on. <laughs> so I think it's a mixture of everything. Or maybe sometimes it's just sitting on the porch with my dad and 
being by the fireplace and just sitting next to him. It's it's a little bit of everything. Well, it's it's been a pleasure and a treat talking to you. Any final parting wisdom for those seniors coming up on uh, on their end uh, as they round out the year here in Southern Colorado? I think that quote that I had stated earlier about living in the moment and being fearlessly authentic, I think when you start being your true self and not pleasing others or living your life for others is when you find your true happiness and living in your moments and finding your happiness and what you want to do as you embark on this next chapter in your life is the best thing that you can do for yourself. And you don't strike me as someone who is going to leave some things undone. You want to experience it all, don't you? (laughs) So what's year two look like for you going back to Wharton? I will be... I'm very excited for my sophomore year. I've taken a definitely rigorous course load, but I'm so excited for my classes, very excited to learn from my professors Mm -hmm. and continue back with my acapella, with Wharton Council. That's awesome. And can't wait to see what new experiences are waiting for me. What an extraordinary conversation, folks. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you didn't hear it all, we'll have it out on podcast for you on coloradomediagroup.com. So thank you. Thank Freya. you so much for having I'm me. I'm so grateful that you were here. It's fun to watch this this whole journey <laughs> of yours unfold. And she'll be in Sydney, Australia, mm-hmm. doing something extraordinary there uh, at the Sydney Opera House. Well, uh, we're going to leave you with a song, not mine this time, uh, but we're going to leave you with a song from Shreya. Her power song in the car as she's jamming is... <laughs> Roar by Katy Perry. And there you have it, folks. We'll see you next week. This is Dirk Hobbs, True North. Listening to True North with your host, Dirk Hobbs, Saturday mornings at 8 on AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.